0: Red Darkling's ship is a weevil-infested piece of junk. Her smuggling business barely brings in enough credits to buy cheap beer. Alien creeps think a blaster can get them favors when their charm fails. Her only company is a glitchy cat and the occasional hookup. Her life is dirty, dangerous, and lonely. Just how she likes it. This week, a Glint of Mischief presents Red Darkling. A Sci-Fi Adventure by L.A. Gettler. Hello, I'm Judah Lamy. Welcome to A Glint of Mischief, a weekly podcast where you get to preview some of the great indie books out there. Each episode is the reading of the first chapter of an independently published book, available to buy right now. But first, a word from our sponsors.
1: This week's podcast is supported by the website glenofmischief.com. Wait, what? Really? You're supporting your own podcast? That just sounds really desperate. And plus, I mean, I get branding, but why does every single thing here have to be named Glen of Mischief? Good heavens! If I didn't get paid good money to read what what do you mean pro bono i'm not a lawyer what i'm not getting paid well the hell with this then i'm off to go get a kofi for myself and whiskers for life if i'm not getting paid for this i might as well promo myself hashtag yolo
0: now Let's get to the reason we're all here, yes? The night was hotter and stickier than the inside of a Clomus after a couple kilos of garlic uzis. Red Darkling wiped her forehead with her arm and eyed her target, a shiny new Air Skimmer LX. She twiddled a knob on the side of her visor, scanning for the ultraviolet glow that would spell disaster for the mission. Nope. No glow. No glow meant no shield generator, and no shield generator meant no shield. Game on. Grown-ups were so stupid. They didn't deserve such a nice ship. They should thank her, really, for finding all these holes in their security. Maybe they'd learn to take better care of their stuff. They probably didn't even lock the manual controls to the palm print. A croaking sound floated through the air. Red froze for a second, then relaxed and rolled her eyes. Was that supposed to be an oral? Idiot. She'd told Buck a hundred times to pick a different signal. He didn't do any oral cry to save his life, and besides, orals don't even live on this planet. She stuck the visor into her bag and darted out from the bushes, crossing the grassy verge to the pad where the ship was parked. She moved quickly and silently in her broken-in sneakers. Her black clothing blended into the deepening shadows as she ducked under the ship. She paused to send her own signal, a double flash from her pocket light, back to Buck, who was somewhere near the main house. She swiped at her forehead again. This was the tricky part. It was unshielded, but starting up a ship of this size was a noisy, flashy business. True, these surface-restricted models didn't need gravity modulators, but they still had perimeter lights and it's hard to dampen the sound of thrusters. Red glanced back at the main house. It was mostly dark and looked empty. Buck thought it was empty. Still. Eh. She pulled on a pair of mismatched gloves and punched the hatch button. The hatch slid open with a whisper. She yanked the short ladder down, sending another double-flash signal, and climbed in. A minute later, Buck Landers stuck his head through the portal. He was sweaty and out of breath from the short jog across the lawn. Wow, this thing is nice. It looks like this is the nicest one yet. Right, Red? It's great. Come on, Woodsman's waiting for us to pick him up. Okay, sure thing. Buck closed the hatch behind him and the interior lights came on automatically. The cockpit was easy to find. This ship wasn't that big, only a few steps up from the hopper Red got for her last birthday. Sure enough, the manual controls had no palm print lock. Idiots. Red dropped into the cushy captain's chair and surveyed the controls. She located the ignition panel and flipped on the engines. The perimeter lights came on and the thrusters began to hum. Through their warm-up cycle, cool air flowed through the vents over Red's sweaty skin, raising goosebumps. Hold on, she warned. I don't know how much kick this thing has. Buck grabbed the arms of his co-pilot's chair, a crazy grin on his round face. Just as the ship began to lift, the lights came on in the house and the door flew open. A man ran out, robe flapping, waving his arms and shouting. Red smiled and waved, then she banked the ship sharply and sped away over the trees. Holy moly, Red, that guy saw us. We're busted. Buck grabbed her arm. Dude, you want us to crash? Cut it out. She shook off his hand. We're not busted. Let's get to the rendezvous point. Rendez-what? Jeez, Buck was only ten, a couple years younger than she was, but that didn't mean he had to act like such a baby. Rendezvous. It means where we meet Woodman. Oh, right. They flew in silence over the city, heading toward the old aqueduct. Buck kept checking the scopes, but no one was following. It was full dark when they arrived. Red landed the ship among the crumbling concrete and ragged weeds without even a wobble. Buck ran back to open the hatch. A minute later, Mark Woodman strolled into the cockpit, a lit cigarette dangling from his lips. Buck immediately behind. "'Nice landing, Mildred.' Woodman went to give her a high five, but she scowled and punched his arm instead. I hate when you call me that. It's your name, isn't it? Red crossed her arms and Woodman sighed dramatically. Fine, I'll call you whatever you want. Just let me fly this baby. No way. I did all the hard work. I'm doing the flying. Hey, I was lucky to get out of the house. I'm still grounded from the last time. I had to make use of my last of my Paragonian sleep tea on my mom. You owe me. Now scoot and let me show you some real flying. No. Hey, I'll tell you what. You let me fly, you can have the rest of my cig. Swipe the pack from my dad. Fine, jerk. Gimme. She stood up and snatched the cigarette out of his mouth. After fumbling it in her fingers a bit, she took a drag. So fly already, she said, smoldering a cough. He plopped down in the seat and grabbed the controls. No palm print locks? Sheesh. No one saw you? Oh, they saw us, Buck said eagerly. I thought for sure that we were busted, but Red just waved and took off. It was so cool. Woodman shot Red a look. Someone saw you? She rolled her eyes. It's no big deal. No one followed us. Buck was watching the scopes the whole way over here. Yeah, man, I totally did. There wasn't even a blip. Not a blip. Woodman looked out the viewport and grinned. Well, we better make this good then. They left the ship outside the abandoned warehouse where they had stashed their hoppers earlier. The ship was intact except for a ding near the left thruster. That'll be the last time they let Buck talk them into taking a turn at the controls. They were all lucky it was just a vid tower and not another ship or something. Before splitting up to head home the three bumped fists. Remember, not a word to anyone. Woodman pointed at Buck. Right? Buck laughed nervously. Yeah, sure. Not a word, don't worry. All right. Red, you doing the market tomorrow? She shrugged. Probably. I spent my last credits on that pizza yesterday. Cool. I'll see you there if I can sneak out again. He winked. Her stomach did a weird twingy thing. It did that sometimes when Woodman was around. It was annoying. Whatever. I gotta go. She climbed into her hopper and flew out without looking back. After the joyride and the air skimmer, the hopper was tame and boring. Red landed it a block from her house and walked the rest of the way. She went to the backyard and scuttled up the ammonia tree that conveniently grew outside her bedroom. She slid along the branch until it began to bend, lowered herself onto the roof of the dining room, and slid through her open window. Her parents, Lacey and Richard Darkling, were sitting on her bed. Crap. Mildred? Her mom didn't sound angry. She sounded sad. Her eyes looked like she'd been crying. Red, she mumbled, staring at the floor. Richard stood up and pointed his finger at his daughter. I don't care what you call yourself. This has got to stop. Look, I can explain. There was this... We don't want to hear it, young lady... "'He interrupted. "'There is no excuse for sneaking out, especially at night. "'Anything could have happened to you.' "'Dad, I'm fine!' Lacey wiped her nose with the watered-up tissue. "'Honey, we're trying to give you space. "'I remember being your age. "'You're so full of feelings and you want independence. "'And I get that. "'We get that. "'But you're only twelve years old and we're still your parents.' I know, Mom. Geez, enough with the lecture. Mildred, that's no way to talk to your mother. Sorry. She shoved her hands into her pockets and kicked the carpet with the toe of her shoe. Sorry's not enough anymore. Her mother stood and reached out to touch her arm. We were just so worried about you, honey. Red pulled away. I said I was sorry. Look, whatever. Am I grounded or what? It's late. We'll talk about this tomorrow. Now, go to bed. (sighs) Come on, Lacey. They left, pulling the door shut behind them. Red flopped on the bed. It wasn't fair. They treated her like a criminal, and nothing even happened this time. Well, if they were going to get mad no matter what, she might as well do whatever she wanted. She'd show them. She scrubbed her eyes with her fist and pressed her face into the cool pillow. I'll show them, she thought, until sleep overtook her. What happens next? I guess you'll just have to get Red Darkling by L.A. Gettler on Amazon and find out. There's a link in the show notes. L.A. Gettler is a freelance technical writer from Illinois. Red Darkling is her first novel. Her short fiction and poetry have appeared in several anthologies, including Wicked Women in Words, Run Over by an Omnibus. Portions of her book appeared in slightly different form in the anthologies Circuits and Amps, Slippers, and Strange Adventures in a Deviant Universe. Thank you for taking the time to listen. I sincerely hope you enjoyed it. If you did indeed enjoy it, there are many ways for you to show your appreciation. For one, you can help us spread the word about the podcast on social media. You can find posts about the podcast at Mischief on Twitter. You can also take this moment that you have right here and rate and review the podcast. If you want to keep up to date on news for the podcast, there's a mailing list over at my website. You guessed it, glintofmischief.com. The mailing list is also how you can find out when our submission windows are open, if you are interested in getting your book on the podcast. Until next time, see you around.